welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you as it is my prayer and my hope that each episode will move you from surviving to thriving spiritually, relationally, and mentally. And today's episode is all about thriving in your mental and emotional health. Our scripture for today is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4. through 4. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I love this verse as it just reveals a little bit about the heart and the character of God, that he is the God of all comfort. He can handle whatever we're going through, our feelings, our emotions, our frustrations, all things mental, emotional, and more. And so my guest today is a mental health expert that currently serves as a motivational speaker and therapist. Her life purpose is to help others to overcome seasons of adversities, grow through what they go through, that are preach right there, and become the best versions of themselves. Welcome to Real People Real Talk, Anyel Timmons. Hi, Paul. Thank you. Hi, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> I am happy to be here. Thank you, Paul, for having me. Yes, of course, and I appreciate you for coming on. And, and yeah, we're going to jump right in and jump deep. Could you just tell us a little bit about your mental health journey and just some lessons that you have learned along the way? Oh, absolutely. So, of course, before I became a therapist and a speaker, right, I had to do the dirty work of healing. And I don't think people realize like how much work it is, but how beautiful and liberating it is when you finally begin to like see the lessons out of what you've been through. You finally be able to experience that that joy that comes from that healing. And so childhood trauma survivor went through a public humiliation in high school and father wasn't around until my, my late teenage years. And so I grew up with low self-esteem and like most young girls was looking for love in all the wrong places. And it wasn't until I turned 19 that my, do- my dad saw my need for healing. And he had a friend named Pat who was a successful entrepreneur and she agreed to be my mentor. And I remember one day, I guess she got, you know, tired of me venting. This is when we did our, our started our mentorship and she had enough with all my complaining. And she said, and yell, she said very candidly, and yell, all of your problems are people's problems. She said, you care excessively about what people think of you. She said, if you don't work on your self-esteem, basically you will, you will suffer for the, for the rest of your life. And so she, she basically told me like, Hey, you better work on your self-esteem. And so just like a sensitive empath, I got offended. And I was like, who tells people that very candidly, you have low self-esteem. And I didn't talk to her for a minute. But I realized after a few months, she was right. (laughs) All my problems were people's problems. And I did care a lot about what people think of me. And a lot of it was coming from my childhood. So I took her advice. I threw myself into my healing and my wellness journey. I began to study and research self-esteem. I did all of the, the mental health strategies. I did the cognitive reframing. I did affirmations. I did the positive visualizations. I did the meditations. I researched self-efficacy, how to be more effective. 
I went to therapy. I did medication. I, of course, became a Christian. That was the ultimate foundation, giving my life to God and just God helping me to really be able to forgive other people as he forgives me. And since then, (laughs) I've been able to pour back into other people. And I've been so privileged to be a motivational speaker where I use my platform to empower people, help them to rewrite their narratives and harness the power of owning their story. Because when we truly make sense of what we've been through, we process what we've been through, we become a force to be reckoned with. And a lot of times, um, you know, we're not seeing our lives properly. And if we really use what we went through effectively, we can really embrace that power and serve people effectively. So it's been a beautiful unfolding of my life. And I'm just so grateful to do what I do. Emil, I am so grateful for your courage to be so real and so vulnerable. And I just want to echo something that you said, just just in case a listener missed it. Like you said, do the work, heal, forgive the coping mechanisms, even going to therapy. And once again, we need to normalize conversations like this because as a pastor, as a preacher, as a Christian, whatever, I believe that not only can God use my stars, like my good stories of me being the hero, but God can also use my scars. And and so just so grateful that you're you allowed your pain to catapult you into purpose instead of just going back into your pain. And so kudos to you. Uh, you didn't hit the ground running with the answer already. And so for my dear listener, how can they how can a person prioritize their mental health? What does that look like? Practically speaking, mm, I think first knowing that seeking mental health treatment is a strength. You know, it's still that stigma in society (laughs) where we think that seeking help means you're crazy or you're really off. Right. But the reality is that we all have mental health. You know, we all have a need to be heard, respected, seen, understood. And especially for minority people who go through so much microaggressions, discrimination, you absolutely need someone in your corner and even for, for trauma victims in general, like part of their journey journey may be medication. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about that, but again, the brain is a, the brain is an organ and we have to treat it like such. Right. And so I'm very vulnerable, like I said, in, in medication, I have ADHD, I have anxiety, um, but also in me having my own therapist, that's a part of my self-care, which I know that we're going to get into that. But I think people have to first recognize that mental health treatment is a strength saying that, hey, I have this issue, this is what I've been through, and that vulnerability is a strength. And then the courage is deciding to do something about it. And so you can begin with recognizing and taking a, a inward look at yourself and saying, what is it that keeps repeating itself, right? Because what we don't heal, we inevitably will repeat. So where do I need that liberation? What have the people around me have said? How am I showing up in the world? Do I have trust issues? Do I have anger issues? Am I depressed? Have I been overlooking it, trying to over-spiritualize it? What are those problems? So look within self <laughs> and then recognize that mental health treatment is a strength. And then, you know, your next steps, like, does it look like medication? Does it look like going to a therapist? Call your insurance if you have insurance. But also you can do self-pay. A lot of therapists, even myself, offer self-pay options. Listen, she dropped a bar She's like what you don't heal, you repeat. And I'm glad you encourage us, myself included, like 
reaching out doesn't mean that you're crazy. Reaching out for help doesn't mean that you're weak. But my personal opinion, I think reaching out means that you're strong enough and you're wise enough to admit that you need help so you can take the next step towards your healing. And so just adding to that, prioritizing your mental health, like you have to be intentional, come over to self-care plan that we're going to get into a little bit later. And I think you got to be humble enough and self-aware enough to know that we're all susceptible to mental and emotional challenges, whether you're black or white, Hispanic, et cetera, or whether you're a Christian or not, like we're all susceptible to those, to those challenges. Speaking of self-care, we're going to get personal. What does your self-care plan look like, Anielle? Oh, great question. So I was just outside sunbathing in this dress. Um, <laughs> I love getting sun. Anytime I have breaks between my sessions, I'll take the dogs out for a walk. I enjoy just getting out in nature. I think, you know, spending time in nature can be very therapeutic. And there's even research to back that up. I love silence (laughs) because I talk to people for a living. I really do enjoy having that moment of reflection. I often feel God speaking to me the most uh, when I'm in silence. I also love working out, of course. Um, Right now, I don't encourage anybody to do my routine, but Right now I'm doing two days. I'm doing cardio and fasted cardio in the morning. Then in the evening, I'm doing my workout afternoon, evening. I'm doing my weight training. Uh, I have a fitness competition coming up. So I've been really big into my fitness um, even before this competition. But I just think it's very good to have that fitness aspect to our lives. You know, we get the endorphins. We get the confidence that comes with it. Um, and ultimately, it's good, really great for your health. So fitness. Like I said, silence, prayer is huge for me. I'm really big on on prayer. So anytime I get a chance, even if it's just a couple sentences, God, thank you, Lord. Bless that person. Yeah. God, I know they're going through it and I bless them, God. Thank you for today, God. Thank you for my, my job. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for this food that I'm eating, God. I'm just so grateful. So prayer, fitness, like I said, silence, getting some sunlight. And those are all my, my self-care. Yeah, love it. And Going a step farther, like why, in your opinion, from your perspective, why is self-care important? Absolutely. So self-care acts as a protective mechanism to life's challenges, right? So because I pour into other people, as I'm sure everybody who's listening to this in some capacity, you might not be a therapist or a speaker, but you're pouring into people in some capacity, right? If that's your co, you're a coworker, if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a husband, if you're a uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, if you're a supervisor, employee, energy is, is being extracted from us left and right. And again, with life challenges, with, you know, depression, anxiety, different things that come against us, you want to have something to help you fill your cup up. I like to say, get it to where it's overflowing Yes, I love <laughs> because it. then you can continue to pour. So when you're pouring into other people, you want to have a stream of self-care coming in to protect you, to look out for you so that you can fill that cup up to it's overflowing. And so you don't burn out. That's so good because in order to minister to others or even to be there for others, our cup must first be filled itself. And just kind of over here, just trying to put a strategy together, like for the, for the person that may be new to this word self-care. Um, and let me just offer like a three prong approach. And, and yeah, after I say this, of course, speaking to it, um, there has to be a spiritual element. Um, you got to connect with the Lord. And he already said it can look like prayer. Um, also, it look like time in the word, um, time fasting, time um, connecting with 
other people in the church is having a community and then physically. And he already spoke to that with just lifting weights or doing cardio, move your body. And the other aspect, the mental slash emotional, what comes to mind, it could look like journaling or participating in your favorite hobby or that intentional rest, or as Aniel said, that intentional silence. So just like a three prong approach. If, if you just start now, spiritual, physical, and then that mental, and yeah, anything you add add to that? I think all of those are spot on. I love the holistic ap- approach to our well wellness, and I think that all of those are superb. Some of my favorites that you mentioned were also the journaling. I have journals laying all around. I just think it's really good a lot of time to put your thoughts on paper and to use that as a time of reflection. So I agree with all those. (laughs) And so you mentioned earlier about therapy and there's a lot of thoughts, whether it's in society or even in the church um, about, you know, different opinions on that. But I believe in Jesus and therapy. Um, But could you speak to like, why is therapy important? Beautiful question. Therapy is important because a lot of people cannot create a space for you to vent, to be able to process in a healthy way. And we all need that going through life and being able to overcome even what we've been through. So a therapist will provide a safe space for you to feel heard, respected, and understood. And a good therapist, too, will give you awesome tools that you can take and make it applicable to your life. For me, I have evidence-based strategies in my my therapy that I use, like cognitive behavioral therapy, trauma-focused interventions. I use a lot of cognitive mindset techniques, and all of those things are helpful in helping an individual be able to have tools so that they can begin to process and move beyond their trauma or whatever life transition that they're in. Also, confidence and self-esteem is my other area of expertise, especially because I did the work early on. So you get a therapist who did the work, you know, and use the strategies that she's preaching, right? A lot of people get the degree and they get the schooling and they don't have any real life experience or any relatability. And so I think it's very important that you find a therapist that aligns with your needs and knows what they're talking about and practices what they preach. And so I'm really big on self-discipline. I'm really big on bouncing back from whatever you've been through. And I'm really big on empathy because sometimes all you really need is just to show up for somebody and be a, a, a listening ear. Most definitely. And we we agree to this. That I believe in Jesus and therapy. And I think it's also important because, I mean, I'm married and I don't want to emotionally dump everything on my wife or my brother or my sister or whomever, because I like what you say, everybody don't have the space and capacity to receive all that dump that you may be trying to put on people. But there are people that's trained and paid to do those things. And just take it even a step further. Like, what are some signs that a person maybe should try therapy? Oh, I think most people have a sense of how they're doing, how well they're doing in their life. Right. And we all pretty much know, like, If we're sad, if we're depressed, if we're acting out of anger, if we find ourselves getting a little bitter and cynical about life, right? We start complaining. We start feeling like if we're single, all dudes are the same. If, you know, we start getting our plate is our plate is getting too full. We just started to know like, okay, like this is getting a little overwhelming for me. And 
I'm starting to probably cope. A lot of people cope in different ways with food. I'm starting to just want to sit around and be lazy. I haven't been able to be effective or start a lot of the projects and do a lot of my goals that I said I wanted to do. I'm finding myself crying a lot. I'm finding myself experiencing uh, heartache and, and sadness or anxiety, or I'm finding myself not being able to sleep. You know, I'm having fat flashbacks. Maybe it's something that a person has been through. And so I think people, like I said, paying attention inwardly, because a lot of times we can distract that inner sense and that awareness with busyness. So making sure you pay attention to how you're feeling and how you're really doing. That answer was so rich with so many truths in there, how sometimes we can distract ourselves and numb ourselves from actually doing the work and going to therapy. Um, I am not ashamed to me that I go at least uh, once a month to see this counselor who's also a pastor and, and trained from the spiritual side and the, and the psychology side as well. And sometimes I just, I just go in there and just let out everything that's on my mind and who made me mad and why I'm mad at them. And even if it's just the listening part, I just feel so much better. I'm in a better space. It just says um, that somebody has created that space for me to say those things. And then, of course, um, have a scripture, have prayer and coping mechanism as well. And speaking of pastor and counseling, as it relates to the church, as it relates to society and culture, from your perspective, what are some things that we just get wrong um, as it relates to mental health? Good, good, good question. I think we get wrong that you have some people say like, oh, I'm not doing that bad. To go to therapy. And the reality is, is that we all need a, some support or we need a sounding board. Yeah. We need to talk about issues that are going, in our, going on in our lives. A lot of times people think that, you know, they don't need to talk to anybody about their marital, their marital issues or that happened in the past. I don't need to deal with that. Or I'm okay I have a good job. I'm just going to keep going to church or I'm just going to keep working out. The gym is my therapy. But (laughs) what you're doing is you're shortchanging yourself from a breakthrough. Because again, in therapy, you finally get that space where you can unveil a lot of what you've brushed under the rug or you've suppressed. And you get that space to just really be free and talk about these different things. I had a client recently who was like, I don't know if I should say that. I don't want to burden you. And I'm like, (laughs) hand it to me. Try me. You know, because we we have the capacity to handle it. We we, we can handle it. We're trained professionals. And not only that, a lot of us, I know I have the heart to show up for my clients. And I had one client who was like, if you ever need someone to vent to on here, I'm like, no, trust me. I do my self-care. I will I will probably never, you know, ask that of you. Right. And a good therapist won't. But we have the capacity, again, to create that space. So, again, some people think they have to be doing extremely bad to go to therapy. But you can go to therapy right now. Because once you start to get talking, you'll realize that, hey, I forgot that happened to me. Yeah. Or... Oh my gosh, let me tell you about this argument I got in that was been lingering and I didn't really realize how it has affected me. So not doing that bad. Again, the crazy thing. Come on now. You're not crazy again. Like you said it, it shows courage. It shows strength and it shows wisdom to say, hey, I have an issue and I want to work on it. 
And yeah, thank you so much for just taking time to speak to the issue about some of the things that we can get wrong and just breaking it down like you have. And at the time of this recording, we're having this conversation in November and it's during this time of the year where a lot of us may experience the holiday blues. And so I've been on Google and I kind of know what it is, but in your expertise, could you explain what the holiday blues are? Yes, it's around, you know, the holiday season where people get sad, perhaps they get anxious, and that could be due to a loss. Maybe they aren't in the same financial situation. Maybe they lost a loved one and they're grieving and the holidays kind of remind them of that loss or that lag and they start missing that person. And, or it could just be like people are feeling lonely. And so the holiday blues is definitely something that we take serious. So I want to say check on your strong friend, check on the friend that, you know, maybe has lost a loved one um, and that because holidays can be very hard for people who are grieving and also for the single people. Check on your single friends. If you know some friends that are single, you know, and you're in a relationship or you're married or you have a nice big family and you know that they possibly can experience loneliness Invite them over, check on them, see how they're doing, invite them out, um, bring them over for, for dinner on the holidays, because, again, it's all about cultivating community and showing up for people in these times where they might be experiencing the holiday blues. Once again, I love the things that you're saying, because we want this episode, we want this conversation to normalize conversation like this and to raise awareness. And so let's say we have a person that may be going through a tough time mentally or emotionally. What can we do like the person that's not trained? What can we do? Just just come alongside them and be there for them. What, what does that look like? Great question. A lot of people think that when someone is grieving or lost someone, that you have to have all the right things to say. That couldn't be further from the truth. I think what's most importantly for somebody who's grieving is that you show up for them and it could be in a way that aligns with you, right? So that could be through a gift, right? It could be sending them flowers. It could be sending them a thinking of you letter, edible arrangements. It could be quality time. Maybe you just take them out to Chipotle and you let them vent. And again, you don't have to say much. Sometimes it's okay to just sit there and be present, right? Like Job and his friends just just sat there with Job, right? And Again, like you saw how that advice went wrong when Joe was grieving. Uh You don't need to say all of that. People who are grieving don't want to hear that, you know, they went to a better place and, you know, it's it's another life out there. Like that get a little old, right? Like I get to, I could get tiring. So just showing up to listen, letting them vent. Even sometimes with my clients, my eyes might get watery because that's what, Empathy is. It's being able to understand that emotion and be present with someone in that that moment. So I tell my clients, they say, are you okay? I say, I am good. I say, empathy is simply just me being here in this space with you. And guess guess what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to be okay. But I just, I feel that emotion that you're expressing right now. And a lot of times that's it. Just being present for someone, showing up, showing up for them in a, a way that's listening and allows them to vent without feeling the pressure to speak. I couldn't have said it any better. In the church world, we call it the ministry of presence, just showing up, being there for them, listening. And even though like I've gone to seminary, I've read the Bible, I don't always have the answers. And you don't always have the right thing to say, but just by showing up, that means a lot. So you said that perfectly. 
And so to my dear listener, this is definitely one of those episodes. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it again as she's broke down like a lot of terms and a lot of strategies and coping mechanisms is definitely one that you want to hear repeat on. And so you can really learn and soak it all in so you can thrive in your mental and emotional health. And so if you was to kind of sum it up, because you gave us a lot of good stuff. If, if you was kind of sum it up, how can my dear listener go from surviving to thriving in their mental and emotional health? Oh, again, I, I love I love these questions. You're a great host, by the way. Oh, thank you. He's the truth, y'all. <laughs> All right. I would say, again, look inward. Know thyself. Know, in order to heal thyself, be the healthy self, right? It's broken now. Heal thyself. So I just want to encourage you to know that seeking mental health treatment is a strength. Know that you, again, know thyself, knowing that it's a strength to seek help. Be willing to be vulnerable reach out to a mental health professional as you see fit. Also self-care, so important. You need a self-care practice daily. You're always gonna need to be able again to pour back in yourself, have your cup overflowing because inevitably life will life. It'll start lifing and you're gonna need to have some tools in your toolbox so that you can overcome adversities and be able to continue to go from surviving to thriving. So take care of yourself. Know, again, that mental health uh, treatment is a strength and be willing to rewrite the narrative. Because, again, we don't always see our narrative and what we're going through properly and be willing to harness that power of owning your story. Such great points as we go from surviving to thriving. And last thing, how can the people connect with you? Shout out your website, what you got going on. And I'll leave that link in the show notes so they can connect and learn more about you. Absolutely. Danielle Timmons.com. That's A-N-N-I-E-L-L-E-T-I-M-M-O-N-S.com. Also, I'm on Instagram at I am Danielle. I will be having a book coming out soon. I am working on some final touches. So I'm very excited about about that book, you guys. And again, Danielle Timmons.com at I am Danielle. And of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm also on TikTok, Danielle Timmons. And I'd love to hear from you. So if you found this podcast helpful or perhaps you're in Florida and you want a therapist and you want me to be a support to you, you can reach out. Again, I'm excited to hear from you. And I hope you guys be well and know again that you can harness the power of owning your story and no one can tell your story like you. So that's why it's important that you get a therapist and you begin to extract those lessons from what you've been through. Exactly. And, and yeah, thank you so much for joining the show today and just being real, um, sharing your experiences, providing some some tips and wisdom as it relates to our mental and emotional health. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check the show notes. I'm going to leave that link so you can connect with the guests, connect with Anielle, as well as links to similar episodes about mental health. If you like what you heard today. Take a minute and share this episode with a few friends that could benefit from this content. Now, go be all that God has called you to be and be well.